the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. You've tuned in to the Word to Stand On for Life, and not just any Word to Stand On for Life, but this is a date day edition of the program. That means Paula is live in studio, and we're thrilled that you've tuned in today. We'll do the best that we can to make it worth your time. Uh, I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Um, all you have to do if you have any questions, and especially ladies for you, this day set aside. Um, that's why Paul is here. So all you have to do is call us, dial 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR at 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can send them in via our free Calvary Chapel mobile app, if you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Uh, just hit one button that says call now and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Our main number one more time is 340-9585. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you, babe. I know we got some stuff to talk about, but I got a little business to take care of before we get started. Uh, we were informed yesterday that there was all kinds of technical issues uh, on the program, um, scratchies. So please bear with us. Uh, we have discovered that it was uh, our carrier uh, spectrum, um, our cable carrier, oh, yeah. our information. So we're trying to what? They're sweet. We love spectrum. I didn't say they love. I just said the problems there. They haven't shown up to fix it yet. <laughs> okay. So if there are problems today, um, please bear with us. We'll do the best that we can. Uh, and we apologize for those problems. The same thing was true for our live stream last night. If you tuned into the live mm. stream, uh, we've had a whole bunch of people contact us. Um, uh, the live stream was really having a difficult time. It was the same um, cable provider problem. Uh, so uh, if you tuned in and you couldn't get through it last night, uh, it is up now on uh, calvaryessay.com. Uh, and that Bible study is in its uh, entirety, and you won't have any problems at all um, getting with it also. That's really good. I was going to offer my, my copious notes. <laughs> <laughs> Paul was over last night. She's, I took copious notes. So. Uh, after they said that the live stream wasn't working well, I was like, well, that's okay. Anybody needs my notes, I can, I can get them to them. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you can now go to calvaryessay.com and watch it. One more piece of business, and this is for a caller from Wednesday, I mean from Tuesday, and I did not uh, do what I said I was going to do um, yesterday, and I should have, so I apologize. Uh, this was the caller who wanted to know, are there any Calvary chapels that we could recommend in the Ventura, California area? Uh, I'm going to go through these quickly. You can go to uh, calvarycca.org. And uh, you can find a map to the churches that are affiliated with us. Uh, there are three in the in Ventura that uh, I'll let you know now. One of them is called Faith Calvary Chapel. Um, the the other one is Calvary Chapel Ventura, um, and the other is Calvary Christian Fellowship. 
So those three churches in the city of Ventura are are churches that we can recommend without any problem. Uh, there's there's one there that I can really recommend because I know the pastor well. Um, it's Calvary Chapel, Ojai Valley. It's eight miles away. And if it's in your direction, it might be worth going to. Uh, pastor there is a guy named Dan Nelson. You can tell that Pastor on in San Antonio, Texas, recommended him. And then th- there are others in the outlying areas. One of the problems or one of the things you'll never have a problem with in Southern California is finding Calvary Chapel. Mm-hmm. They're, they're located everywhere. So I'm sorry it took me uh, an extra day to do it. I just forgot yesterday. And what do you always say, Paula? It's not going to get any better. (laughs) (laughs) As we get older, it's not going to get any better. Oh, my goodness. Okay. If you have any calls or questions, feel free to call. The phone lines are open. Paula, what's on your heart? Well, you know, we just came back from the Calvary Chapel, Texas, and Oklahoma Pastors Conference. And um, there's always uh, sessions for the pastor's wives and the other uh, women that are there and so if you don't mind, I could share a little bit from that. I was thinking about having Dawn on the program with me today, but you know how time kind of got away, and I just didn't. Sorry, Dawn. So she's probably, oh, like, she's probably home going, whew, yeah, good. I'm glad. I have things to do. Plus, she's got the, the baby over at her doctor's appointment, so it worked out. But anyway, um, the first session was uh, for the senior pastor's wives, uh, and Mercedes Miller, who I'm really considering asking her to do our next women's retreat, um, her session was to everything there is a season. And let me see how many times, because I highlight stuff, you know, and I don't know if she said reboot. <laughs> That's just been my word, right? <laughs> but, but see, okay, go ahead. Everything you hear is reboot. Yeah, you wait. That's not what the people meant. Uh huh. But. You, the word the Lord spoke to me while we were there. So now my new thing, I'll tell you in a minute because okay. I haven't even <laughs> shared this with you yet. But anyway, her 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 title was "To Everything There Is a Season," and then the sub one subtitle was "Move with the Lord." Um, open your heart and your mind to a new work, and of course that kind of made me like, okay, nervous, you know. Cause I, <laughs> I went there with a with a couple of questions. Okay, Lord, you know. I don't want to be caught in a rut, and so what do you have for me? And so the very first thing she says, it was like, Paula, open your heart and your mind to a new work. And then she said, which is what you kind of have been saying, if we're not excited about the Lord, we can become mundane. You know, we can just kind of get into a rut, and going to church is just, you just go to church. You know, I know I go to church Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then, you know, start over again. And, and Saturday this well, week. <laughs> that, yeah, that's not really church, but yeah, yeah so I'm at the building because well, I'm at the building on Tuesday uh, yeah. night too. It's and, our pastor's discipleship uh, class, so it's like... Yeah, it's like church, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, and, and, and prayer, but, you know, if we're not excited, you know, I. but I am, I'm still really excited. I don't like to miss church at all. It's like family reunion time for me, and I get to hear from the Lord, and get to look around and see the people whose lives have already changed and continue to, but then those ones who come in that I don't know, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, those are the ones I really, you know, it's like I met a couple of really new people, and they weren't Christians yet. Hey, do, do me a favor. Don't lose your thought okay. where you are now. Well, you know, but, it's not getting any better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ex- explain to the audience, Paula, uh, the, the, the sense of family, the promise that the Lord gave you from Isaiah 54 and and uh, by the way, when I get to Isaiah 54, I'm probably going to just let you teach it. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Not. But, but, but share that, and then you can come back to where you were. Yeah, so Isaiah 54, where, it, you know, saying, O barren woman, you who never bore a child, verse in a song, shout for joy. Yeah, but all those children that I'm going to have, and he has provided. And then the other one was, he will restore all that the locusts had stolen. And so um, here I am, you know, in the midst of, a family, a huge family, all shapes, sizes, color, ages, uh, social rankings, it doesn't matter. They're all my family, you know. We got every color in our body, every nationality, it seems like. Um, Not everybody speaks English, but that's okay, too. And I'm starting to pick up on some things, you know. Uh, 
But yeah, family. When I look at them, they all—they all just—we're all a part of one another. It's and and when you know people are Christians, it's just there's a natural kind of blood relationship. And then those who aren't Christians, but they show up, you're gonna be family real soon. You, you know, Paula, when you uh, when you meet people, um, and you're always on the lookout for people you yeah, don't know. Yeah, they're you, never you, strangers. You mean? You said that. Well, yeah, but um, you know, they, you you hit their heart so quickly that they know that they're among family, mm-hmm. and um, you know, the whole Mama Paula idea is is not something that we made up. It's just it's just something that so naturally happened, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's because a lot of these people don't have great relationships with their parents, didn't have great parental experiences. And they come here and they know they're loved. Mm-hmm. And they know they're welcomed. They're accepted. It doesn't mean that they, they can stay the way they are, but uh, th- they know they're, they're being loved on. And so they naturally gravitate towards you. And uh, it has been a, a wonderful blessing for our church for, for all those years. But I love it. Tr- truly, uh, you know, a mom wants to be around her kids. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why when you say, I, I come to church all the time because I want to be here. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, that, because that's where your family is. Mm-hmm. It's so cool because um, I, I, I can't tell you how many people have said when they come the second time and I remember their name, you remembered my name. I said, well, I try to write it down. And I usually try to take a picture. So during the week, I can memorize it. So when you come back the next time, and that doesn't always happen, but the ones who really need me to remember their name, as I'm walking towards them, I'm asking the Lord, okay, what's their name? Because he'll give it to me. Because they need me to remember their name, and I want to remember their names. And if I don't remember the names, usually I remember the story. But another really cool thing that the Lord has allowed me to, to do is whether I know the people or not, looking at them, um, I can tell that if things are going well or if things are not going well. And that has been one of the biggest blessings because mm. I can say, something's going on, how can I pray? Yeah, and and for the audience, you know, Paula has a, it's an amazing gift. I, um, I, I'm envious, but not in a bad way. It just, uh, Paula can look at somebody and say, are, are you okay? And they'll just start pouring their hearts out. And sometimes we don't have time for it right there, but but they just pour their hearts out. But again, that's because they know their love. They can see your sincerity. And, uh, you know, when people start sharing themselves and and you share yourself with them, um, they know that this is more than just an exercise of going to church. And too many... Uh, Christians these days go to church as an exercise and uh, sort of scratch it off my to-do list. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Jesus, I went to church for you. Um, this is where people grow and where people thrive. Mm-hmm. And uh, God uses you in amazing ways. Well, I'm that. just thankful to him that, you know, because when I went over, like I'm saying, we went to this conference, like, okay, what do you want me to do? You know, um, and not that I need to be busier than I am, but I always want to be um either pushed, pulled, or whatever by the Lord for what's next? You know, what do you, what do you want any more or any less from me? And, um, and so I want to be more excited about being used, you know? It's, it's a cool thing. So anyway, um, she went on to use Ecclesiastes where Moses was in the desert being trained, um, being taken out of his comfort zone. It was a season, you know, we all go through these seasons of testing where you feel awkward and inadequate. And so when Greg was saying, you know, he wants Paul on the radio more, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know this guy, you know. I don't want to be on, and you told him, you said, Paul was probably at home because I was at home and, and doing, no, I don't feel like, I'm called to do this. That's Pastor Ron's gifting, you know. Um, and yet, uh, I was kind of putting my fingers in my ears going, la, 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 <laughs> you know. Um, so I, it, it's going to be, it's not one of those where I'm committed to, you know. Uh, but every once in a while, I might be coming on the radio. 
So all you have to do is say, Ron, I got something to say. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, I guess that'll be it. But feeling awkward and inadequate, yeah. But then she went to Galatians 6, 9, where, you know, it says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time will we reap a harvest if we do not give up. Well, I was ready to put my hands up and say, you know, Thursday, one day a week is enough. <laughs> That's how people used to call us and say, you know, Sunday, one day a week for God's enough. You know, they didn't want to come to church on Wednesday and then Friday too, <laughs> Monday night too. Um, but, you know, the Lord was telling me, don't worry, just be content. You know, and understand that if the Lord has something he wants me to say, that he will enable me to come across and encourage, comfort, or instruct, you know, somebody, anybody. So, um, yeah, you might, sorry, people out there in radio <laughs> land, you might be hearing more, a little bit more from me after all. So, anyway, I, I'm I'm thrilled that he wants to use me in any way, shape, or form. Um, and uh, doing God's work, whether it's on the mountain or in the valley, um, God has appointed the seasons. And so for a minute, I was thinking, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to Nobody uh, knows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, that the Lord's uh, wanting to just kind of hold me in his arms and uh, use me to, like, like I said, to, if if the Lord can use a donkey, <laughs> he can use me. Mm. If he can speak through rocks, he can mm. use me. And, and to encourage others to do the same, to let the Lord uh, mm. get them out of their comfort zone. And, and he wants us to soar with him. Mm. We don't need to limit ourselves. Um, he wants to take us to greater heights like those, you know, the those goats or those sheep on the side of the mountains. Mm -hmm. He wants us to be able to say, woo, look where I am. <laughs> you know, Paul, you mentioned valley experiences and, and mountaintop experiences. <clears throat> and I think the one thing that we all have to learn is that there is no mountaintop without a valley. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple. Well, unless we're refined in the valley, um, we we have to recognize, and, and you mentioned the, the, the mountain goats that mm -hmm. climb up, it seems like impossible. Yes, it build. does. Uh, you know, that's hard to climb. And um, we focus on the mountaintop. We get there occasionally. We want to stay there. Uh, but, but there's always a valley. Um, going back down is difficult, but those are the places where we're equipped. Those are the places where we're really, really tested and prepared for the next mountaintop mm -hmm. experience. If we stayed on the mountaintop all the time, uh, we would become arrogant and prideful. We'd become um, um, Christians who had no compassion for yeah. those who are struggling. So mm -hmm. uh, there's there's always a mountaintops. Um, they're few and far between, mm -hmm. and we need to rejoice and be excited for them. But the real work God is doing is always done in the valleys. Mm -hmm. And then he's with us in the climb up to the mountain. And, you know, climbing is hard. And and yet, when you're climbing with Jesus, it's life-changing. Yeah. He he knows how to, what is not repel, repel is coming down, but he knows how to, what is the word I'm looking for to go up? Climb. Climb up, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, where that solid spot is to put your foot or your hand as you go up, he knows exactly where we're to put our our feet so that we can be steady. Yeah, I sort of like to just keep my feet right on his shoulders and let him do the <laughs> let climbing. Let him do the climbing. Yeah, mm -hmm. because it's, it's really, the, you know, I think too often we think that, well, I can do this, I can do this. Yeah. And the thing we've got to remember is I can't do mm -hmm. it. Apart from him, we can do nothing That's but exactly mess it up. Right. I've tried that stuff already. I'm, I can mess up some stuff. Yeah, we're too old to try climbing alone now. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, put me in your backpack. 
340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Paula is ready to answer. She's ready to climb with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, toll free 877-630-5757. Yeah, in fact, in John 15, uh, going on, if you abide in me and I, and you know, you abide in me and I abide in you, then you ask what you will. But in this part, she said, uh, of Jesus, and I wrote myself a note. He's telling me, let me make you fruitful in the season you're in. I'm carrying you. I just yelled out, Jesus, put me in your backpack. Basically, that's what he's doing. He's, he's carrying me, and he's reminding me to store up and bring up all the past blessings of the Lord. And, you know, uh, you said last night that this, this is the time that the Lord had been speaking to you about, you know, coming to San Antonio and then this is a time we were preparing to come make that long trip across a couple of deserts and into this land of the unknown for us, you know. Um, <laughs> we thought it was a land of the Philistines, didn't we? <laughs> we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Okay. So, um, But, you know, just to be ready for the Lord to... Um, to move and, and us just to stay with him, you know, every day of our lives because we do want to finish mm. better than we started. Um, but if we don't, if we say, no, no, I'm pretty content right here where I am. I don't think I need to grow any longer. You know, I don't want to be stretched, you know, mm. out, outside of my comfort zone and so you you need to stop because you're doing my whole bible study for tomorrow night really <laughs> Uh oh okay tomorrow night i'm going to be in hebrews chapter the end of five and and uh, the first 12 verse of chapter six uh which is a, a, a chapter that that terrifies everybody and i'm going to use the abide in me oh uh, and i will abide in you okay uh j- just so that we we have a sense of security uh, but uh, if you're interested in the audience, tomorrow is a Bible study, a chapter in Scripture that probably I get asked about on this program more than any other. Can we lose our, our salvation? Does that mean I've blown it? So mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to be dealing with that, uh, I hope, in, in depth tomorrow night here at Calvary Chapel. Paula, let's take a phone call and go to Cindy on line one from San Antonio. Cindy, thanks for holding. You're on the air. Hi, you guys. Mama Paula, Hi, Cindy. This is- Hi, Cindy. It's in reference okay. to Monday night. I am still uh-huh. thinking about all that bread that Gideon baked when he had to use that uh, ephah of bread or, or ephah uh-huh. of flour, something like that. It wound up to be a uh-huh. really pretty big amount of bread he would have had to bake. Now, my, my thought is I'm wondering if there had to have been other people around. He couldn't just been in his tent all by himself with nobody else around so i'm wondering if he shared some of that food but then brought an offering to the angel of the lord or Mm -hmm. would he have brought that whole big amount you know and and i guess find a whole bunch of rocks to put it on uh you know Mm -hmm. that the angel uh burned it up my second question is whether angels of the lord that actually sat down and ate with people i think maybe in abraham and abraham's tent did they so those are my two questions and my comment and um and I'll just get off the phone and listen to what you have to say about it. And it was a nice study Monday night. <laughs> yes, it was. Thank you, Cindy. Linda did a great yeah. job. Uh, we'll talk about the bread on the other side of the break because we're running out of time. Okay. Uh, but, Cindy, when, when, when the, the angel of the Lord sat down and ate, uh, it was always Jesus um, in a pre-incarnate appearance. Um, when when the angel of the Lord was worshipped, it was always Jesus. So um, always remember that uh, when Jesus, um, as the angel of the Lord, not an angel of the Lord, but the angel of the Lord, it's always a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ on the earth. Uh, well, let's go to the Gideon one after the break because we don't really have time for that one now. So okay. uh, let's go to line two and talk with Jeffrey calling from San Antonio. Jeffrey, thanks for calling. You're on the air. At the Nazarene Church, and uh, he approached me in the Chicago backdrop and said, there's enough on the tapes, you'll flee to Brazil. Oh, I think that's false that's arrest me. Jeffrey, okay, let's cut him off. Let's uh-huh. cut him off. He's uh, <clears throat> taking another approach now. He's oh, going to start goodness. talking. Oh, my goodness. Give up, Jeffrey, please. We're not going to let you advance your agenda. Um Paula, we got, uh, we're just about two minutes now for this part of the program, and I don't want to get into Cindy's question because we'll have to cut it off too quickly. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. So, 
Okay. Uh, so, uh, to kind of end the study that we were in, um, she was uh, also saying that we need to stay with Jesus. Hello. I was like, have you been listening to Pastor Ron's statements? Just be with Jesus. So stay with Jesus, be in his word, prayer, and worship. She said, don't let your heart grow sullen. Praise him. And we can let our hearts grow sullen, you know, especially if um, you're you're thinking uh, of family or friends who just aren't getting it, you know. Uh, they've seen your life change. They've heard the gospel, and yet... Um, things aren't changing, you know, maybe uh, things aren't changing in your own life as quickly as you'd want, but she says, don't let your heart grow sullen. As we were coming um, here today on this Jeep that I saw right next to us, it says, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit Jesus, don't quit reading his word, don't quit praying, don't quit worshiping the Lord, and in that way we can make sure that our hearts don't grow sullen. We can praise him. And yesterday, mm -hmm. I think it was yesterday, uh, you were saying, stop looking around at the hypocrisy, the greed, and the worry of this world and look up. You've yeah. been saying that a bit, but look up. And so yeah. our hearts don't grow. If, if you grow sullen or discouraged or you quit, you you prove who you were serving all along, not Jesus, but yourself. Hey, we've got 30 minutes left in the program. 340-9585. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of the Date Day edition of the program, 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Before we shift gears, Paula, uh, let's sort of deal with uh, Cindy's question about the bread. Um, um, Gideon is a, is a just a magnificent story, Cindy, and um, he he's so like all of us. You know, I'm the smallest in my family, and my family's the smallest in Israel, and um, you know, I'm not qualified to do. And so when Jesus comes up and and says, you know, I'm going to use you, um, Gideon asked for a sign. He said, he said, just let, let me go prepare an offering for you. Now, the quantity of the offering isn't really the point of the passage. Um, how much it was, um, I'm sure in Gideon's excitement, he just used everything that he had. Um, the, the other thing, uh, it says, um, it says, Gideon went in and prepared a young goat. This is verse 19. And from an ephah of flour, he made bread without yeast. It doesn't say he used the whole ephah. Mm -hmm. So he just went to his storage of flour. He had a lot of flour, and that would have been a staple back then in that uh, in that world. So um, um, we're not the quantity isn't really what's important. But but it's very clear in verse nineteen that that he took the offering, the meat in a basket, and it's broth in a pot, uh, and he brought to them out and offered them to him, to Jesus, under the oak. And uh, Jesus was was just providing, getting the confirmation uh, that he asked for. So uh, I hope that makes sense to you, Cindy. But it's it's not the quantity. It's not like, well, I'm, I'm cooking for hundreds or thousands. Uh, it just says he went home, and from an ephah of flour, he got the, what he needed to do what he was going to do. I think it's just interesting that, that maybe this is just nervous energy, but I think it's interesting, Paula, that uh, um, Gideon's first reaction would be, let me go cook something for you. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but you know, this is the heart that wants to honor God with an offering, and that's what he did. Yeah, I the I was saying at night, you know, in our Q&A time afterwards, you know, the, the miracle is that the angel of the Lord said, I will wait for you. Well, he went home and prepared this goat mm -hmm. and made this bread. And that can't just be a turnaround. <laughs> you know, it's not microwave oven. Yeah. It, how long did that take? But the miracle 
the sweetness was that the Lord said, I will wait for you to bring me a sacrifice. It's the same way he waits for us. Paul says, yeah. offer your bodies as living sacrifices, yeah. holy and pleasing to the Lord. Yeah. And a lot of us don't do that readily. We don't do that right away. And and uh, he waits for us. Mm-hmm. So it's a great application there right. for us. Yeah. And, and, and sorry that I didn't answer that myself, Cindy, because I know that question was posed to me, but I, I deferred it to Pastor Ron, so... Basically, we're one flesh, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Paula, let's talk a little bit about about uh, uh, our work. I, I've been, uh, for the last couple of days, actually last night it just hit me. Uh-huh. Reminiscing. And uh. not even reminiscing, just sort of nostalgic, <laughs> uh, because I realized, um, you know, when I'm sitting there during worship, uh, before the Bible study, I've got a Bible study, especially a difficult one like last night, uh, prepared. Uh, I'm, I'm the whole time saying, okay, Lord, speak to my heart. What do you want to say to the people you love? And, and um, uh, fill me with your spirit mm-hmm. so that, mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm rightly dividing the word of God and, and, and providing encouragement for your people. And out of nowhere, all of a sudden last night, um, the Lord reminded me that it was 24 years ago this very week when we were in a car, a truck, mm-hmm. leaving California and coming to San Antonio, Texas, a place we'd never been. Uh, we didn't know anybody. You talk about an adventure. I mean, we were just, uh, we weren't kids. We were, I mean, I was 24 years ago. I was 44 years old. And um, it was like, okay, we're on this adventure together. and We're going to serve Jesus. And we had no idea what to do or how to do it. Uh, what it was going to be like. We certainly had no idea how hard it was going to be. And yet we were so thrilled to be doing it. And as we made that trip on Interstate 10 East uh, from California to get here, um, it it was just enjoying every mile of the Lord's presence, um, taking every opportunity to share um, whenever we'd stop to get something to eat or or stop for a bathroom break or anything. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted everybody to know that we're serving Jesus and we're going to go start a church. Um, what's your most vivid memory of that time when we just headed out with no idea what we're going to do? We knew we were going to end up in San Antonio, but we didn't know anything about San Antonio. We got here in those loops. Mm-hmm. We got lost so many times. We had no idea where we were going. <laughs> La Quita, Taco Cabana. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we could see. Well, you, you couldn't get around because, cause, you know, we'd go in west and then we start going north. north. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, my goodness, I don't understand this. But what's your most vivid memory of that time? My vivid memory is our 120-pound dog <laughs> <laughs> in the front seat of that Chevy S10 or something like yeah. that, right, where he had to have his body on me because that's back when you could see and you were driving mm-hmm. and so his whole body was on me because he weighed and was bigger than I was uh, and so and there's no back seat you just and we're not putting him in the back yeah. of a pickup truck this wasn't even a club cab no <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, a lot of what I remember is my legs going to sleep <laughs> and then figuring out after about probably half half the trip that we could put the clothes hamper on the seat and fill it up with pillows and stuff so his backside could be on the seat and the rest of them could lean into that basket full of the things. So he wasn't on me the whole time. Uh, So that's one of those vivid memories and having him look up at us like, what are we doing? Will we ever get out of this truck? And thinking, you know, the Lord's called you, and, and I'm the to follow you, but our dog was like, I could have stayed in California. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but then when we... Yeah, he we, was 13 years old, yeah. you know, when, when we was, made the trip. That's a lot for a big dog. That's an old, that's an old dog. Um, but, yeah, the excitement of, we're really doing this. We, we, we've, we've sold everything. We've left everything, everyone. We're really, we're on a, we're on a mission from God. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, we talked about valleys and mountaintops and the climb between. What was the most difficult part of the climb for you? Um, I think leaving our, the kids, you know. I mean, it, I finally have a husband who loves Jesus and can tell him the right things, and, and they always would listen to you, you know. And now to leave them in California and them a little bit upset, actually, because you used to be the hookup dad, you know, and they could get away with pretty much everything. And, and mom was the little do-gooder, and now you're a do-gooder too. And just leaving them there, they were not, they were not happy people. And so that's kind of how I remember leaving, and that was sad. But the, the other thing is the church that we left and before we left, the numbers of people that the Lord had used for us to impact their lives that we were not aware of. That was, it was, it was emotional beyond what I ever, ever, ever imagined. Um, that they don't want us to go, you know. Um, so that was hard. <laughs> they oh offered, offered me a job yeah. uh, at, the, at the church there. Come on, I'll help you start your own church eventually, but you you got to stay here, you got to stay here. And and I remember saying, you know, his his name was Bob, uh, Pastor Bob. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've got to go. You know, I love you and I'm mm-hmm. grateful. Mm-hmm. But this is what Jesus said. Yeah. And and it was it was one of those times where God was using His own people to test us, mm-hmm. to test our resolve. Mm-hmm. And um, you're right; it's hard. We left the first day. We actually left on Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, still dark. Uh, raining like crazy when we left. Yeah. Uh, we had, we had gone to, I think, a, an outreach the night before Greg Laurie's mm-hmm. church and left our dog in our completely empty apartment except for a blow-up mattress. And said, poor baby, he was, remember when we got home, he was in the closet. Yeah. Like, are they coming back to get me? Are they yeah. coming back to get me? He had taken some of your clothes, which you were going to wear the next day, out, off a hanger, and he was laying on them so he yeah. could still smell you. Yeah. It was pathetic. Yeah. But so I remember that's a, a vivid memory for me. And so we get up, yeah, real early Easter Sunday morning and... Well, it was just, it was, uh, there was test after test after test. Uh, our our tarp that we covered, the stuff in the back of our truck was blowing away in the wind. Before and, that, it was, you stepped in a yeah. hole and I thought you broke your ankle. Yeah. In the front yard before we even pull out yeah. the driveway. Loading the truck in. Loading the truck up. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Is this a sign or what? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was it was exciting and scary and all those things at the, at the same time. But we were so emotionally worn out. Uh, we drove to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a friend there who lived actually in Mesa, Arizona. Uh, and he wasn't going to be home. And and he said, you know what? Why don't you guys stop, take a rest, just use our house, mm-hmm. and um, um, just go in the house and uh, stay as long as you want. Yeah. And I think for four days we slept. We went to bed no later than ten o'clock at night, and we didn't wake up until at least ten o'clock the next morning for four, five days yeah. in a row. It was we were so worn out. Yeah. And uh, then we'd go walk and pray. Yeah. And I was just waiting, and the Lord said go and on the fourth day Lord said go mm-hmm. we got up the very next morning and we headed out and we were in territory that we never Mm-mm. ever experienced before yeah. Yeah. and you know the, there was spiritual warfare but there was all always encouragement and when we got to San Antonio uh, the feeling of being so lost and not having a clue what to do uh, I remember when we arrived here it was during Fiesta mm-hmm. Uh, every hotel room was booked and expensive, more so than usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, we finally found a hotel room available that would take the dog. And uh, it was, um, this is 1995, it was uh, $100 a night then. That's a lot of money now. We had $2,800. And all I'm thinking is $2,800, it's $100 a night. Mm-hmm. If we don't need anything, we can only make it for 28 days. What are you going to do? Lord, give me direction. Give me direction. And yet that was the climb that that Jesus would meet us at just the right time and show off for us 
and we get that little adrenaline, spiritual adrenaline this one. shot. God is good. God is good. Yeah. God is good. <laughs> uh, uh, finally found an apartment, and then we just started telling people who we were and what we were there to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was actually the very first time we ever met as a church was May 31st, 1995. Um, in the interim, we got here. And I was teaching you the book of Romans. That was just what the Lord said to do. So he was knitting our hearts. One of the things, and you know this, Paula, one of the things I tell all of our pastors that uh, we've sent out to plant churches is the first two years are, is just God working on you and your, and your wife um, to prepare you to be one in heart and mind and body uh, for the work that comes in. We wouldn't have survived if there was any other way. But th- there, was, there was never a moment... Not one moment where we considered going back to California. Oh yeah. Um, we, well. we we just knew we just knew that we couldn't. Mm-hmm. This was where Jesus said He'd be waiting for us, <laughs> and to go back to California and quit as hard as it was. Mm-hmm. No money, no food, mm-hmm. and I mean, when I say no food, that's not hyperbole. I mean, we had no food. Oh, you're uh, telling the people in the audience because I was there. I know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> no crackers. Yeah, uh, just nothing. No popcorn. And and day by day, God just sustained us. Remember the day, Paul, I went out walking. We had no money at all. Yeah. And the the, the last little pennies that we'd pick up on the street or something, <laughs> it was all gone, and the, there was no more saltine crackers. Mm-hmm. And I remember going and, and for the audience, the, the and Lord I used told, to collect cans. Yeah. The <laughs> Lord the Lord told me that I wasn't supposed to work uh. for anybody but Him. This was a real test of faith. Our ministry, we didn't know what it was going to look like, but everything we've done here is, has just been trusting God to do the impossible. And I remember one day, there, there used to be an HEB right across the street from our apartment. And um, I go out of the apartment, I take my walk up Pat Booker Road here in Universal City, and I did that every day. And um, I was just talking to Jesus. It was early in the morning, and all I could think about was, I'm so hungry. We don't have any food. Um, you know, God was so patient with my whining. I just whined over and over and over. And I'm standing in the middle of the HEB parking lot, nobody around. And, Lord, what are we going to do? We have no food. And a $10 bill blew up and stopped right at my feet. I remember this. And I picked up the tin. Now, I'm, I'm struggling with, with ethics here. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, well, this $10 bill doesn't belong to me, and, mm-hmm. and it probably belongs to somebody in the, in, in the coming out of HEB. You know, they just dropped it. Um, and, and yet, forgetting God provided it. So here's what I did. I went into the HEB and said, look, has anybody reported losing some money, 10 bucks? No, nobody has. Well, here's my name and number <laughs> if they do. And... Um, um, uh, you know, I, I use it ten dollar. We we bought bread and bologna, mm-hmm. and uh, soup. Those are three oh, things yeah, we yeah, bought. That, and and all I all I could think about was was I've got a whole loaf of bread uh-huh. and a whole <laughs> package of bologna. Paula, we can eat for a week <laughs> on this. God is good. God yeah, is good. Yeah. God is good. <laughs> it was just one of those things. Uh, but see, it's those little tiny things that God delivers us through that prepares us on our climb for the mountaintop. Yeah. And you talked about the mountaintop earlier in the sense of, of this is family. This is the best place in the world to be. And, you know, I think sometimes, and I know to to some degree this was true for us, but I think sometimes we Christians, especially in the West because we're taught that God's going to provide everything you need and he's going to love you and it's not going to be any problem. Uh, um, I think we think, well, if God's called us, it's not going to be hard. Mm-hmm. And yet it's necessary that our walk with Jesus is hard. Mm-hmm. That's when he is preparing us mm-hmm. to that's climb what, those hills. Yeah, Gideon's going to find that out next week, too. Yeah, that's my study, so don't give it all away, okay, Pastor? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it just it's just one of those things I, I, I don't know why all of a sudden last night in the worship mm-hmm. uh, I got really nostalgic about it was this time 24 years mm-hmm. ago if we could go back in time we'd be sitting in that truck yeah. thinking what are we doing yeah. this makes no sense I've only been saying four years I know and suddenly I'm going to start a church from scratch in a place I didn't know uh-huh. how do you start a church <laughs> all those things and you know in a place we, we've never been. 
never wanted to come here. We could have had why, 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 why forever, huh? Yeah, even though I I wouldn't admit it back then, um, you know, the truth is I really expected that at any moment God was going to send somebody over with the keys to a building and 500 of our closest friends was going to meet us there and, mm-hmm. and we were going to, we were going to just have a church and say, oh, God is good, and, mm-hmm. and he did all these things. But, but my point in all of this is every difficult, seemingly impossible minute of those days was necessary to get us to where we are yeah. and to be able to enjoy what God has done. You know, we don't go hungry anymore. Yeah. Um, we have a roof over our head. Mm-hmm. We don't have any concerns about being homeless. Um, um, But it's taking us through all of those things and God showing himself powerful on our behalf. Those are the things that prepared us for the work that we now love with every fiber of our being. Mm -hmm. You know, know, we used to be rich and had this house with the glazed Italian tile and the California shutters and, you know, somebody coming in to clean all the time. And, and so then we we got poor and destitute. And we were homeless living in other people's properties, you know, with the dogs and the fleas and the roaches. And um, so when we, we were able to get this house, I'm still grateful. There's times when I, when I stand at that back window you know, even though the HEB is across the street from, and it kind of took my view of of South away, um, I'm still really grateful for that little house that we have. And I would have never, I mean, I shouldn't say that. Coming from the, the big house on the hill to this and to be as grateful as, I'm more grateful for this house than I was for that, for the other one. And to think, to think that God said, no, because I remember that, that time when I was like, well, you know, we're in this apartment, and we've got a lot of people coming now for an apartment. Not a lot of people coming to the church, but I just think it would it'd be nice if we had a home, you know. What would you tell me? I said, Paula, be content. <laughs> yes, you did. I was trying to sound so spiritual, yeah, I wasn't uh-huh. I? I said, be content. What, aren't you content with what God has provided? <laughs> and, of course, Paula was content, and that was completely fleshy of me um, but um, the Lord just kind of had me back off and you look for a house and when we walked in um, to, to the door of that house I was done looking because I just didn't have time yeah. you know I was busier then it seems at times because I was doing everything mm-hmm. um, uh, and I, I just didn't have time I, I, I've looked at these houses and the lady who was showing us the houses said uh, well let me just show you one more tomorrow it's not even on the market yet and I, I just think this is this is going to work. So I said, okay, we'll be there. It was 9 o'clock or something mm-hmm. like that. I said, we'll be there, but this is the last one I'm going to look at. You and Paula just worked this out. Mm-hmm. And we walked in the house, and as soon as Wait, I walked... before, you told me at before we left the house, you're leaving out a big thing. You said, bring the checkbook. Oh, okay. You hadn't said that at all with the other ones. It was already kind of like you knew this was going to be the one. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I, you know, that was just the Lord. But but at, at the same time, when we walked in that door, I'm in the entryway of the house. And um, the Lord said, you're home. Mm-hmm. And I said to the lady, I've got to go. We'll take it. Mm-hmm. And she said, what do you mean you're going to take it? <laughs> you said, didn't even go we'll past the foyer. <laughs> I said, Paula, give them a down payment check. And it was $500. We had $568 in the bank. Mm-hmm. And I said, give her a, 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 an earnest check of $500 mm-hmm. and we'll work it. Uh, without even what do they want for anything else, mm-hmm. uh, it was clear that the family who lived there was Christian, mm-hmm. and uh, they were merging families, so they need a better, bigger place. Mm-hmm. And I just said, "Look, find out how much money she needs to get out of this. I think I don't think the Lord wants her to pay anything. Find out how much she needs, and that's the price we'll pay for the house." And we paid. We that that all got done. There's a long story about how the money came in because we didn't have any. Uh, but but the end shot of this, Paula, is in two months that house will be paid off. Wow! Yeah. And and you know the house we never thought we'd get again. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's just it, we've been there now for since '97. Tw- yeah, since '97. Mm-hmm. And 
it's just a continuing lesson of God's faithfulness throughout the whole time. Yeah. It's like it's like the shoes didn't wear out and the clothes didn't wear yeah. out. It's all, so things happen all the time, but it's like my shoes haven't worn out. I'm very content with our home. It's cute. <laughs> Jesus is really sweet. Well, Paula, we're inside of three minutes for the program, so anything you want to share? Anything special you want to close? Well, let me think, because I had something, but you know, <laughs> it's not getting any better. Um, Good Friday's coming next. Did you want to talk about that, or are you going to talk about that tomorrow? Or uh, not at all? It's yeah, just yeah. Good Friday, and then Easter's coming. But let me invite the people to Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. Is that good? Sure. Okay. So it's going to be at JPAC, two services, 8.30 and 10.30. Um, JPAC is a Judson Performing Arts Center. At Judson High School. Uh-huh. And I think it's on Rocket Lane. Mm-hmm. And two services. There's plenty of room. And, you know, it's really fun because we have a man in the church who's been with us from the beginning. And he didn't realize that uh, a pastor could or should give an altar call on Easter Sunday. And yet you did, and he has been blown away because people got saved on Easter Sunday. I mean, what better day to get saved? And they've been saved every Easter Sunday since. Yeah, and people get saved every Easter Sunday. So bring your lost loved ones and friends and co-workers. Um, they're going to not only hear a wonderful message, it's the same one we have every year. I mean, Jesus came and he lived a perfectly sinless life and he died and he rose again. But there's always, the Holy Spirit's always moving and, and people get saved every year. I'm so thankful on Easter Sunday that I'm a Christian already, that I believed his message. And I, it's wonderful to be up on the stage and see the people come forward. Bring them. Well, Palm Sunday this Sunday here at Calvary Chapel. It's Palm Sunday everywhere, but... Uh, the following week, Easter, I'll be talking more about that on the program next week. We'd love to see you there. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. You've been listening to the Word to Send for Life, the date day edition of the program. Um, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630, The Word. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.